study your word and grab a few truths from the passage. Father, I pray that you would please help all of us to be attentive, and I just ask that you would give me the clarity of mind to be able to say the things that you would have me to say, that we might be challenged by your word tonight. In your precious name I pray, amen. Well, we're there in Matthew 26, and we haven't been in our study in Matthew for the last couple of weeks. Last Wednesday night was New Year's Eve, and the Wednesday night before that was uh, Christmas Eve. So we dealt with different subjects during those uh, messages. So if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we were in Matthew 26, and we dealt with the first part up to verse 30. So this week, we'll be dealing with the second part from verses 31 uh, through the end. And there's, there's a lot that we, I mean, we, you could preach out of these passages for weeks and weeks and weeks, and we don't want to do that. But tonight I want to focus on the character of Peter in Scripture, especially in this passage. If you look at verse number 75, the last verse of the passage, the, the chapter ends like this, And Peter remembered the words of Jesus which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept. Bitterly, This is probably the lowest uh, part of Peter's life, as we see in Scripture. And this was the knockout blow for Peter. Peter ended up quitting on Jesus after this. And not only did he quit, but he took some of the disciples with him. In other passages, it tells him that he he went back to fishing. And of course, there was a uh, process there where he repented and, and Jesus was able to bring him back into the ministry. And we won't deal with all that tonight, but I want you to understand something. Uh, we, we like to beat up on Peter. And, you know, I, I like Peter. To be honest with you, in the New Testament, uh, I like Peter's probably one of, other than, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter's probably my favorite character in the New Testament. I like Peter more than I like Paul. Uh, Paul's just a little too perfect, you know what I mean? He just doesn't really make a lot of mistakes, but Peter's just constantly putting his foot in his mouth, he's constantly messing up, and it just kind of helps me to have a little hope, you know, that God can use people even like Peter. And uh, Peter here uh, has made the, the, the worst mistake. He's denied the Lord Jesus. The, the, the last part of that phrase of that verse, verse 75 says, and he went out and wept bitterly. And I want you to understand this. Before we beat up too much on Peter, Peter was a great man of God. Uh, Peter, Peter was the leader of the apostles, and, and Peter ended up being used of God even after this in a very mighty way. This was not, he, he's, he's a heavyweight when it comes to Christianity. Peter was, was a great man. But even Peter, and, and that's what we have to understand, even a great man like Peter, with the boldness that he had, with the ability that he had, with the, the, the power of God that he had in his life, even a person like Peter can find themselves uh, at the end of a chapter weeping bitterly over their failure and over their sin and how they let Christ down. And if it can happen to Peter, it can happen to you. And if it can happen to Peter, it can happen to me. And we need to understand that we must safeguard ourselves from ever coming to this place. Now, if you get to this place, if you get to the place where you find yourself weeping bitterly over your sin and your failures and your mistakes, there is repentance. There is hope. God can help you. But as we look at the passage tonight, I think we'll see uh, three different things that led to Peter denying the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to take notes, uh, uh, I'll give you some notes to, to write down if you look at Matthew chapter 26, and I would encourage you to take notes in your bulletin, you should have a uh, behind the, the course of the week, there's a place there for notes. If you look at Matthew 26, look at verse number 30 is where we left off last 
or a couple weeks ago. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. So basically, Jesus is telling the disciples, Tonight I am going to be arrested, and you will scatter, and you will run away. And he says, That's okay, because I'm going to resurrect. And he's basically giving them the meeting spot. He's telling them, I'm going to meet you in Galilee. I'll be in Galilee when you're ready to see me three days from now. Now, if you, in verse 33, we find the first problem that Peter had. Verse 33 says this, Peter answered and said unto him, Now notice what Peter says. He says, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And here's what you got to understand. Peter had a problem with pride. Peter gave in to pride. He was self-conceited. He was self-absorbed. He had this idea in his head that when Jesus spoke, even though Jesus said, uh, all ye shall be offended, that did not include Peter. Peter said, well, well, it's everyone else. It's John and Andrew and, and, and it's all these other guys, but not me. He says, he says, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, verse 34, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. So Jesus gives that prophecy of what Jesus would do at, at the end of the night where he would deny uh, the Lord. And notice, Peter does not respond with a humble attitude or a humble spirit. But in verse 35, he says, the Bible says, Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. And likewise also said all the disciples. So, of course, they followed along Peter because Peter was a leader. But let me tell you something. When you give in to pride, when you give in to the self-absorption of, of conceit, of I'm not like everyone else, it won't happen to me, you've already doomed yourself to end up like Peter did in verse 75 where he's weeping bitterly because of his fall. Keep your finger there in Matthew 26. Go with me just real quickly to Proverbs chapter number 27. Here's the question I have for Peter. Even if that were true, even if everyone would deny you, would deny Christ, and, and you would be the only one that would stand. Now we know that's not true because everything that Jesus says is true. But even if that were true, Peter, is it really your place to go around t- saying, well listen, all these disciples, they're, they're, not, they're not as good as I am. I mean, they're going to fail you, they're going to wimp out, they're going to be offended, but Jesus, I would never fail you. And, and even in that phrase, even when he's saying a good thing, he's saying, I'm not quitting, I'm not giving up. You see the pride there. In Proverbs 27, in the Old Testament, if you open up right in the center, you're more than likely following the book of Psalms. Right after Psalms, you got the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 27, in verse number 2, there's a good rule of thumb for life. Proverbs 27, in verse 2, the Bible says this, Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth. Do you see that? Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth. A stranger, and not thine own lips. See, here's the thing, Peter. If it were true that everyone would deny except you, Peter, why don't you allow Jesus to say that? Why don't you allow, you know, when Jesus said, all men shall deny me this night, you're going to be offended. Why, why don't you allow John to step up and say, well, well, Jesus, you know, I may deny you and the rest of us, but I just don't think Peter would. Why don't you allow the rest of the guys to open their mouths? But see, there's an issue with pride, and you ought to be careful in your own life if you're just constantly flattering yourself and giving yourself compliments and letting everybody know how great you are at this and how great you are at that. And look at me. If someone else isn't praising you, 
maybe you ought to just keep your mouth quiet. Because it allows us to see an attitude of pride. You're there in Proverbs 27. Go to Proverbs chapter 16. You say, well, why does it matter if I'm a little proud? Why does it matter if I allow pride in my life? Why does it matter if I, if I think I'm better? Because here's the thing. As soon as you allow pride into your life, you destine yourself to fall. If there's one thing that the Bible is clear about is that God hates pride. And God will bring down the proud. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, but as we've been studying the book of Isaiah on Sunday nights, every single chapter in Isaiah is mentioned. Haughtiness, pride, you know, arrogancy, just God bringing down these people. If there's one thing that God hates, it's pride. Are you there in Proverbs 16? Look at verse number 18. Proverbs 16, verse number 18. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. And that would definitely, it would have been good for Peter to remember those words when he's saying, well, no, no, everyone will deny you except me. Everyone will fail you except me. It's not me. I would never do that. It would have been good for Peter to remember the words from Proverbs, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall because Peter had a proud spirit and a haughty spirit and at the end of the chapter, we see him fall. And you got to understand this. You can go back to Matthew. We all have issues with pride. There's something in us. There's something in you that doesn't, you know, you don't, when, 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 you, when, when you think to yourself of a compliment to give to someone and, and you, you choose not to give the compliment, you know why we do that? Where I, I, I want to say, you know, good job and I want to say you did good. You know, you, you want to tell your coworker they did a good job on that project, but then you just kind of say, nah, I'm not going to say it. You know what that is? It's pride. It's pride that want, you know, it's pride that wants to see our coworker fail. It's pride that wants to see our neighbor, you know, when your neighbor gets that ni- new nice car because he got a raise and you just don't say it, you never mention it. Never say congratulations on the new job. You know what that is? It's pride. This issue that, you know, we can't give a compliment or you give a compliment but you, alongside with it you give an insult. You know what I mean? Or or you just, you know, want to see people fail or you want to see people not succeed or or you, you know, you you don't wish people the best. That's an issue that we all have, which is pride. Now look, you, you're okay with your, na- your, your co-worker getting a raise as long as you got a raise too. But if they got the raise or they got the promotion or they got whatever over you and there's that feeling inside of us, that's pride. And you ought to be careful because here's the thing, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to warn you. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. And the moment you allow pride to enter into your heart and you allow this attitude that it won't happen to me, other people can do it, but I won't fail, I won't get caught, I won't, I won't fall. Listen to me, you've already destined yourself to fail God. And you'll find yourself weeping bitterly over your, your sin. Peter had a self-conceited problem. He thought, everyone will be offended except me. Notice verse 35. Not only did Peter have a self-conceited problem, but Peter had a self-control problem. Peter had a self-conceited problem, and Peter had a self-control problem. Notice verse 35. Peter saith unto them, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not die... When I, will I not deny thee? Likewise also said all his disciples. Then cometh Jesus unto them, unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter, and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Now, we, we read those words, you know, uh, uh, quickly, but no, just think, think of yourself. Here, here you are, Peter, 
and, and, and those two sons of Zebedee. And Jesus says, I am so sad. I am so sorrowful. I could die. I mean, even unto death. That's how sorrowful I am uh, and, and very heavy. And notice what he says. Look at verse 38. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. He says, Tarry ye here. The word tarry means wait. He says, Wait ye here and watch with me. The word watch means stay awake. He's like, Will you wait for me and will you stay awake with me? Because I'm so sorrowful right now. The Lord is asking them for a favor. And notice how they respond, verse 39. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep. The exact, the exact opposite of what he asked. He said, will you wait and will you watch? Will you stay awake with me while I pray for an hour? And he comes back to them, his support group there. He comes back to them, the guys he's kind of counting on. And what are they doing? They're asleep. Now notice, it's three of them, but the focus is on Peter. Because I believe the chap- this part of the chapter deals with Peter. Notice, he speaks to Peter uh, in the middle part of verse 40. And saith unto Peter, notice, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Now, Jesus reveals for us the problem that Peter had in verse 40, and it's this. I'm sorry, verse 41. He said, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. He said, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And here's what Jesus was saying to Peter. Jesus was saying, Peter, you want to do what you should do. You want to not deny me. You want to Stay awake. You want to pray and and be the disciple that you're supposed to be. But the problem with you, Peter, is not that you're willing. He says you're willing, but your flesh is weak. He says you have a problem with self-control. And see, you've got to understand that. And and, and as you read the passage, and we'll we'll read a little bit uh, just so you get the idea, it's not that Peter wasn't willing. Notice verse 42, uh, we'll read quickly. It says, He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, this uh, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were very heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. I always think it's funny when I read this, because in verse 45, he's like, Sleep on, and then verse 46, rise, let us be going, behold, so he didn't let them sleep too long, he is at hand that doth betray me, and while he yet spake, verse 47, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with words and uh, with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now, he that betrayed him gave him them a sign, saying, whosoever I shall kiss, the same as he, hold him fast, and forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Now, we're not going to take the time to go there, but if you, for those of you taking notes, if you want to write next to verse 50, this reference, Zech- Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 6, that's a prophecy that was fulfilled about Jesus being wounded in the house of his friends. And, and notice the compassion that Jesus deals with Judas. As Judas kisses him to betray him, Jesus says, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. But I want you to notice the sincerity of Peter. Look at verse 51. And behold, 
one of them, now in Matthew we're not told who it is, but we're told one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. So one of the disciples takes a sword and he cuts the ear off of one of the high priest's servant. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but I'm assuming that he wasn't trying to cut the ear off. You know what I mean? I don't know how many times someone would get in a fight with a sword and say, I'm just aiming for the ear. He was probably aiming for the neck. You know, he's probably trying to cut his head off and maybe missed or the guy ducked and he ended up cutting his ear. You understand this? I mean, put yourself in this situation. What would it take for you to take a sword and swing it at someone in the attempt of beheading them? I mean, you have to be pretty serious about what you're doing, right? And here we are told that one of them did it. Now, keep your finger there in Matthew. Go over to John, John chapter 18. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter number 18. John uh, tells us, and that's why you, you ought to study Scripture by comparing Scripture, because John tells us who this one of them that smote off the ear of the servant was. John chapter number 18, and look at verse number 10. John chapter number 18, and look at verse number 10. John 18 and verse number 10. The Bible says, Then Simon Peter, do you see that? Having a sword, drew it, and smote the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band of the captains and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. Here's, here's the point that I'm trying to make, and you can go back to Matthew. Jesus, uh, Peter was sincere. He truly was willing. He wanted to. The problem was not that he did not have the desire to be the disciple that God had called him to be. The problem was that his flesh was weak. That's what Jesus said. Keep your finger there in John. Go with me to Galatians. Galatians chapter number uh, Galatians chapter number five. Galatians chapter number five. I'm trying to think. I, I wrote down the reference. Galatians chapter number five, and look at verse number sixteen. Galatians chapter five. And look at verse 16. Notice what the Bible says. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. Now notice this. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Do you see that? You ever find yourself saying, you know, I'd, I'd like to read nine chapters a day, but I just, you know, didn't have, you know, I, I wanted to, but I didn't, I couldn't get myself, I wanted to get up early, but I just couldn't get myself to get out of bed. I wanted to spend time in prayer, but I just couldn't get myself to do it. I wanted to memorize, I wanted to not fornicate, I wanted to not drink that, I wanted to not go down that, I wanted to be faithful to church, there's, you know, I want to do these things, but it just seems like I'm not able to, and here's the problem, in you and in me, there is a battle between the spirit and the flesh. And the one that is stronger is the one that will win. And it's not about being willing. You may be willing, you may be wanting, you may be want to do right, but if your flesh is weak, you'll fail. Because Peter's problem was not his willingness, but it was the ability to control his flesh. And that led to him falling. So why do we fall? Because of self-conceitedness, pride. Why do we fall? 
because of a lack of self-control. You can go back to Matthew 25. There's a third reason why Peter fell. Notice what the Bible says. If you look at verse number 52, Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the Scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves? For to take me I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, but ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done, that, it might, that the Scripture of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Now notice verse 58. Here we find the third reason why Peter fell. But Peter followed him afar off. That's always a bad sign. If you're fo- we talked about following Christ on Sunday morning. If you're following Christ, but you're following afar off, that's probably not a good thing. Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's place and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now, here was his problem, and, and, and uh, you need to key in on this. He sat with the servants of the high priest. So he sat with the enemy. He sat with the servants of the people that wanted to put Jesus to death. Verse 59. Now the chief priests and the elders and all the council sought false witness against, uh, uh, against Jesus to put him to death, but found not, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answers thou nothing? Uh, what is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace and the high priest answered and said unto him I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ the son of God Jesus saith unto him thou hast said nevertheless I say unto you hereafter shall you see the son of man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven then the high priest rent his clothes saying he hath spoken blasphemy and further need uh, what further need have we of witnesses behold now ye have heard his blasphemy what think ye they answered and said he is guilty of death then did they spit in his face and and I'm not we're talking about Peter tonight, but y'all not just allow these verses to to be something you read. I mean, this is what they did to our Savior. Then did they spit in his face, verse 67, and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? Now notice verse 69. We find Peter's third problem. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel, not a king, not a priest, not even another grown man. A damsel is just a young girl. Peter's a grown man at this time. And a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. Now remember, Jesus said, You're going to deny me three times. Here comes a little girl and says, Weren't you with Jesus? And he said, No. He denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. Notice verse 71. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Verse 72. And again he denied. That's the now number two. With an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Now here's what you got to understand. 
Peter had a problem with being self-conceited. He was proud, and that led to his fall. And Peter had a problem with self-control. His spirit was willing, but his flesh was weak, and that led to his fall. But the third reason that we see why why Peter fell in this chapter is because Peter was a self-conscious person. And Peter cared what people thought about him. And when the damsel came, and when the people came, and they said, weren't you with Jesus? Now, here's the thing. When Peter, and here's what's interesting about Peter. When Peter was with Jesus and the other disciples, he was willing to take a sword and cut a man's ear off. But when Peter sat with the servants of the high priest, he wasn't even willing to stand up to a damsel and say, yeah, I was with Jesus, what of it? Do you understand what I'm saying? The problem with Peter was that he was with the wrong crowd. The problem with Peter was that he cared too much what people thought about him. And by the way, there's something that Peter dealt with his whole life. Go, go back to Galatians. We were just there a little while ago. But let me show you another example. This is years and years later when Peter has already uh, been brought back into the ministry, already had the day of Pentecost and all those things. And in Galatians uh, chapter number uh, 2, let me just give you an example real quickly. Ephesians, Philippians, Galatians. Galatians before Ephesians. Galatians chapter 2, look at verse number 11. Galatians chapter 2, before Ephesians, verse 11. Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 11, the Bible says this, But when Peter was come to Antioch, this is Paul speaking, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, because he was, he was to be blamed. So Paul is you know, going to argue with Peter, and they're face to face, and he's, he's rebuking him. Why? Notice verse 12. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. Talking about Peter. He said, before James and his posse showed up, Peter, you know, he ate and he had a fellowship with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. So James, you know, and, and the crew from Jerusalem, they didn't like the Gentiles. Now, before James showed up, Peter was fellowshipping and eating with the Gentiles. But as soon as James shows up and his friends show up, all of a sudden Peter, you know, no longer talks to the Gentiles. Why? Because he cared what James thought. And he cared what the delegation from Jerusalem thought. And Paul stood to the face of Peter and said, Peter, you're wrong. Peter, you're a little too self-conscious. Peter, you you need to realize that if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you you can't care so much what people think about you because if you're so, you know, involved in what are people saying and what are people thinking and I don't want people to think I'm weird and I don't want people to think all these things, you're going to fail, Peter, because he was a little too self-conscious. Go to Proverbs. Go back to Proverbs. We were there earlier. Go, Go back there. Let me give you a couple verses. Proverbs. Chapter number 27. We've seen these verses before, but it's good for us to be reminded. Proverbs chapter 27. And by the way, it was only while he was, he was sitting with the servants of the high priest and he's warming himself at the fire with the world. When Peter was with the disciples, he was fine. When Peter was with other believers, he had boldness and he wanted to serve God. But as soon as he got around the wrong crowd, he started doing the wrong thing. And by the way, that's what everybody would do. If you get around the wrong crowd, you'll do the wrong thing. Proverbs 27, look at verse number 17. Proverbs 27, in verse 17, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. You need to make sure that you are around people. Be around the people you want to be like. Because iron sharpens iron. 
And the people you're with will make you the way you are. And Peter, when you're hanging around in the Garden of Gethsemane with the disciples, you are bold enough to take the entire Roman army. But as soon as you find yourself warming yourself in the fire with the world, you will even allow a damsel to cause you to deny your Savior because of the people you're with. You're there in Proverbs. Look at Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. Proverbs chapter number 13. Look at verse number 20. Proverbs chapter number 13, verse number 20. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. See, who you hang out with, that's how you're going to be. You walk with wise men, you'll be wise. You walk with fools, you'll be destroyed. You walk with the worldly, you'll be worldly. You walk with people that are on fire, you'll get on fire. You walk with people that read their Bible, you'll read your Bible. You walk with people that are faithful, you'll be faithful. But you start walking around with the wrong crowd and you'll start acting like the wrong crowd. And by the way, that's why church is so important. You know, we... we, we our society and Christianity. When I was growing up, and I'm a young man, but when I was growing up, you know, a Christian connected themselves to church. And we had one word for a Christian that was not connected and was not faithful and was not involved in a church setting. You know what that word was? Backslidden. But today, you know, we have this culture, and, and, I, and I'm going to try to do my best to get this out of your mind, because some of you have this idea that you can be right with God and not be faithful to church. Those two things do not exist, because you will be as right with God as you are with fellowship and in fellowship with the people that are right with God. Iron will sharpen iron. And I don't, I don't buy this idea. You know, these Christians that they show up to church every Easter and every Christmas and they're just unfaithful. We're supposed to believe that they're right with God. My question is, who are you hanging out with? Because if you're not spending time with God's people, then I'm not that convinced that you're that godly. Because iron sharpens iron. And if even Peter will spend an evening with the world and it causes him to deny you mean to tell me you can skip out of church for three weeks or four weeks or six weeks? But you, we're supposed to believe you're godly. This idea that Christianity... Uh, look, let me tell you something. Jesus died for the church. And today people have this idea, well, as long as I watch my televangelists and I, as long as I listen to my preaching on YouTube and as long as I download my MP3, let me tell you something. Jesus did not die for YouTube. He did not die for the televangelists. He didn't die for the television. He died for the church. He established the church. God expects you to be in church. And iron sharpens iron. And if you're not around God's people, you must not be very much like God's people. And if you allow yourself to be around the world, I'm just telling you, if you allow yourself to be around the world, you will end up falling. Because Peter had three problems. He was self-conceited. He had no self-control. And he was self-conscious about what the world thought of him. Now let me just give you a few cross-references and we'll be done tonight. Because Matthew, Matthew gives us this insight. If you look at verse 75, And Peter remembered the words of Jesus which said unto him, Before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. But it's more than that. And I want you to see it. Go to Mark chapter 14 just real quickly. We're going to look at two references and we'll be done. Mark chapter 14 and look at verse number 66. Mark chapter 14. And I don't know if I got my point across, but you ought to be faithful to church. Mark chapter 14, and look at verse number 66. Let me show you something about the denial of Peter. Mark chapter 14, and verse number 66. Mark chapter 14, 
in verse 66, the Bible says this, and as Peter, this is a parallel passage, and as Peter was beneath in the palace, do you see that? There cometh one of the maids of the high priest. Okay, so here's what you got to know. Jesus was probably on the second level, and Peter was down beneath. And down beneath, they're able to look up and watch what's going on as they're bringing accusations to Christ. Go to Luke, just real quickly. Let me show you something else. Luke, chapter number 22. Luke, chapter number 22. And look at verse number 60. Luke, chapter number 22. And look at verse number 60. Luke, chapter 22 and verse 60. The Bible says this. Luke 22 and verse 60, the Bible says, And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. Remember, that was the sign that Jesus gave him. He said, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. But I want you to notice the insight that we get in Luke. It's more than just Peter remembering. The Bible says, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Do you see that? And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the words of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Now just, just put yourself in the story. Imagine being Peter. You're there to see what's going to happen to the man that you've been following for the last three and a half years, the, the, the man that you call Christ, the man that you call Savior, the man that you, you've forsaken all, you've left your, 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 I mean, you've left your business and, and even your family to an extent, and, and you've left everything you know to follow this man. And now you've been arrested, and you're there to, to see what's going to happen. And you're up there trying to watch and see, you know, what will happen to Jesus. And a little damsel, a little maid comes by and accuses you, and you deny. And then someone else accuses you and you deny. And then a third person accuses you, and you say, I don't know the man. You begin to curse. You begin to swear. The cock crows, and you look up at Jesus, and Jesus, I mean, I, you know, Jesus is bound. Jesus is there. He's having that. Could you just imagine Jesus turning around and looking at Peter? And Peter looking up and seeing Christ and realizing what he just did. And the Bible says in verse 75 of Matthew 25, he went out and wept bitterly. Could you imagine at that moment making eye contact with Jesus Christ as you just denied him? Could you imagine Jesus? The Bible says he turned and looked at Peter. He said, man, that'd be hard. But here's what you don't understand. Every time you fail Jesus and every time I fail Jesus, he's up in heaven looking down. We don't get away from him. The Bible says the eye, his eyes behold all of us. They see us. He sees us when we fail. He sees us when we mess up. He sees it just like he saw Peter. For Peter, is just a little more real because Jesus physically was standing there watching him. But Jesus is watching you and Jesus is watching me. So how do we, get, how do we avoid coming to this place? Here's how you avoid it. Don't give in to pride. Don't give in to a lack of self-control. And don't give in to peer pressure. Because as soon as you do those things, as soon as you start caring about what people think about you, and as soon as you start thinking that you're mightier than you are, and as soon as you start focusing on those things that are... See, you got to understand, it's easy to do things when people are watching you. It's actually easier, honestly, to take a sword and cut someone's ear off than it is to get on your knees and pray for an hour. Did you know that? It's easy to do things when people are watching you. That doesn't require a lot of self-discipline. 
But when you emphasize the spiritual, you'll be able to control the flesh. Peter messed up, and he, he came back from it. Jesus allowed him to come back, and he repented. It wasn't the end of Peter. But I think Peter would have been happier if this story wasn't in Matthew 26, don't you? And I think you and I would be happy if we could avoid a verse 75 type verse in our lives as well. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Father, we come to you asking that you would please help us. We're not being up on Peter. I think Peter was a great man of God. But Peter messed up. Peter sinned. Just like we sin. Peter failed you and we fail you. And Lord, I just pray you'd help us to learn from Peter. To not give in to being self-absorbed and full of pride. To learn how to control ourselves and not be accused of being willing but not having the strength to perform. And help us, Lord, to not be so concerned with what the world thinks of us and to be more concerned with what Christ who's up on high and can see us, what he thinks of us. Father, I pray that you would use this lesson, this sermon, this Bible study in the hearts of all our people, and especially myself. In your precious name I pray.